I am Meeka Deshpande and I am a first year student, computer science student here at Bits Pilani. How are you doing? Hi, I am doing good. How are you? I am doing good. Um, our offline classes are finally starting, so uh, we get to see. Oh, right, it. are you on campus right now? Yeah, we're on campus, and we'll get to go to classrooms pretty soon, and it's really exciting. That's awesome. I can't imagine doing the Pilani thing without going to classes myself, but yeah. imagine at your time it must have been very different oh yeah uh, i mean i can't imagine how it was for you guys so yeah we were scared we might have to spend our whole first year at home but then uh, thankfully they called us back and the pandemic yeah that would be crazy yeah so um i guess i'll start with the podcast questions so hello everyone thanks for tuning in to the fourth episode of bits and beyond presented by the student alumni relations cell at bits pilani With this podcast, we aim to get up close and personal with some of our trailblazing alumni. This is Meeka Deshpande, your host for this episode. Shrek, Madagascar, Shark Tales, Trolls, Mr. Peabody and Sherman. Wow, these are some of the most iconic films, and just thinking about them brings back happy memories. Well, we have a very special guest today, and he has long been working with the studio that has produced these works of art. We have with us Mr. Somitra Saxena. He is currently the technical director at DreamWorks Animation. He has worked on some popular animation movies like Boss Baby. Mr. Somitra graduated from Bits Pilani in 2015 with a bachelor's in electrical and electronics engineering. Being in the animation industry for over 7 years now, he has also previously worked at Micros Animation. Welcome sir, we're so glad to have you. I'm happy to be here. it's it's an absolute honor to have you with us sir so i'd like to start by saying that college really helps us explore different fields and steers us to our field of interest you were the coordinator for 2d 3d animation for the department of visual media and have worked across various fests to you did that seem like the beginning of something much bigger how did you realize that handling the technical aspects of animation was your forte and you could actually build a career in this Yeah, I think my interest in anything creative if I had to really trace it back would be back when I was 14. I had found this piece of software called Photoshop 7. I I remember being very fascinated by it. Everything felt very intuitive to me. Everything felt very natural. I spent an, the next few months being utterly obsessed with Photoshop. Um I learned everything there was to learn about it. Uh fast forward to the second semester in Pilani, I was lucky enough to be recruited by the department of CCTV which is what we used to call the department of visual media back in the day. I found myself around a really talented group of artists, developers, animators and I was put in an environment where we were constantly challenged to create something with the limitations that Pilani forces on to you. collaborations was were, was fostered a lot of friendships were made and a lot of really really good work was done it all culminated in the four days of oss 2013 which is the oss that i actually was the coordinator for anyone who's been involved in oss already knows how seriously we tend to take it in pilani how many nights days months go into creating the event and how busy those four days can be anyway Uh, I woke up on the day after OSS ended, and I felt like I had no purpose anymore. It's it's a realization that a lot of us have had. A lot of us 
will have you will have my grades were hardly anything to brag about turns out that electrical and electronics isn't really my calling if i have to put it mildly one realizes in that moment what's ahead of them which is two semesters full of scrambling to get a c in a cdc that you might have no interest in uh, eventually trying to get placed in an extremely stressful placement window that will happen in your final year i realized that hey the only skills i have to offer are i knew how to design i knew how to animate i know a bit of programming what can we do with it is there any taker for it in pelani uh, that is where i found that dreamworks animation was a company that participated in our practice school to program uh, sounds good well not really um, i i went through past allotments in the company i found that it was furiously competed for by people who had way higher cgpas than i had because one it was very popular two it had a really good stipend it offered the more i read about it the more i realized that the dream might actually be out of my reach but i don't remember how i managed to curb all the self doubt away probably because there was nothing else to do uh, but i decided that moving forward my goal was to get that job to get that internship during the ps2 uh, the only way to do that was to prove that i was credible because i had to compensate for my lackluster cgpa so i came up with a plan i i discovered this thing called google summer of code and i thought hey maybe that is something that i can use to bolster my credentials at it has google's name behind it at least um so that was my plan learn how to animate properly learn how to code properly get into the google summer of code and hope that all of this ultimately gets me that internship when my fi- time finally came to get my ps2 allotment i realized that i had to do something to make these people look beyond my cgpa i remember going and sitting outside the offices of a professor who i don't know if they're still around there called ji muttu kumar who was who was responsible for ps2 allotments back in the day i sat outside his office with a folder of documents i had printed which was everything i had ever done pictures documents my gsoc selection certificate oh, by the way i got in, i ended up getting into the google summer of code program um i met him i handed over the document i told him my life story i told him how that is this is what i want to do with my life and it would be great if you could just keep this in mind uh he was very receptive he heard me he he asked me to leave the documents for them fast forward to the allotment i ended up getting it and uh, that is when i realized that given enough time and effort i can i can get things i want because i ended up in a place where that i wanted to be in and uh, that is how it all came together uh, i have to look back on it sorry that is a long story no wow that was an incredible story and uh, you mentioned how you found your calling and how that really trumped uh, your need to get uh, to get a certain grade a certain cgpa and how you really went that extra mile to prove yourself in in your uh, field that was your passion so and that's really in line with uh, my next question what you did was very unconventional as opposed to what most other engineering students would take up so did you have to battle any odds or face any challenges along the way i think one thing i have realized looking back at it is that um i i i come from a decently privileged background by which i mean that like my family comes from a middle class family of government workers they discovered that education is key to breaking class barriers so i had a decent amount of support from my family with that said um there is always some amount of stigma maybe stigma is a harsh word but i'm sure my parents would have loved to see me take a more traditional route when it comes to getting a job maybe 
doing a masters or an mba later um i feel that that is largely because we are a developing country and opportunities like these will feel alien to us right now um i'll tell you animation is absolutely not an industry that is considered out of reach or has a stigma associated with it abroad people love being in the industry people encourage their children their friends to join it universities have very specific courses that feed into the industry however the challenges are many to start with there is a lot of talent waiting to get into this industry uh, a lot of talent coming from very specific places that people get educated in um bitspilani does not offer a specific path to an industry like animation you can take courses like computer graphics you can create your own profile that might match the an industry like this but you have to compete against a lot of people who are specifically want to be in the industry uh the second challenge is that the animation industry is a very risky industry to be in studios go down all the time wages are low initially and there's a lot of competition to get to places where you will be offered higher wages compared to an industry like tech or like big tech or being a consultant um it definitely requires you to really love what you want to do uh what you're doing uh, it's also a niche so finding intersections with other traditionally popular industries is hard which is to say that i cannot take a job at google or amazon at a moment's notice because our skill sets do not intersect yeah and like i said dreamworks my my studio that i was working for in bangalore that got shut down in 2015 when i was there i found myself out of a cushy job um at a, mo- a month notice i ended up applying to 50 50 job openings post that ended up giving about 10 interviews before i finally found my next job at micros in france and eventually back to dreamworks in the us so yeah the challenges are many uh, because of the kind of industry we are in we are competing against production budgets scaling down uh, studios wanting to make more money uh, with a smaller production budget but i think the good thing about this industry is that if you really want to be there um, it will it's it's a hard industry to leave because you will always find someone uh, willing to keep you so yeah right. i hope so, that answered your question yeah for sure i mean from from the way you talked about the industry it seems to be a very dynamic and fast paced industry and i'm sure everyone is excited to hear about what a day at dreamworks really looks like for you or as a member of this industry how would it uh, a day typically go right so specific to me my designation my title is a technical director uh, a technical director's job is to provide technical solutions to creative challenges that happen during the course of filmmaking uh filmmaking provides a variety of challenges for example the the, the simplest one being sending information from one set of artists to another set of artists similarly there are a lot of challenges you, that one has to solve uh, as a technical director my job is to understand these challenges from an artist's point of view uh because ultimately an artist is the one who will be churning and creating content for the film uh so i have to be really close to the floor where artists are working uh, i have to understand their workflow i have to understand their desires for the future of their workflows i have to understand their bottlenecks secondly i have to provide technical solutions to open some of these bottlenecks because again filmmaking is constantly a race against a clock 
uh, we have a deadline we cannot miss, which is the deadline, which is the release date. So a lot of challenges are thrown our way on the fly. And as a technical director in my day to day, I have to understand those challenges and provide the production leadership with a timeline for how these challenges can be solved. Uh, what will I need to solve these challenges and create a design for solving these challenges. Other than that, being a technical director means that you have to keep an eye on the future of filmmaking. You have to keep an eye for new patterns, new technologies, new workflows that are being engineered by other studios or other open source software coming out uh, in the world. You have to come up with plans for incorporating them into your studio. You have to come up with plans for making your workflows more efficient as you move to the future. And yeah, ultimately being a technical director means that you have a passion for solving these problems and you have a passion for creating a better way of filmmaking. And yeah, all this to say that a lot of my day is spent in meetings, talking to people. And uh, sometimes when I find some time, I get to write some code. But yeah, that's that's my day to day. So I'm, I'm sure a lot of hard work goes into building these projects, especially uh, like you mentioned, there are a lot of different specialized skill teams that have to collaborate to make it happen. So could you tell us about the kind of culture and work environment DreamWorks offers and what are some of your takeaways from your role at the company? Yeah, collaboration is a good word to describe filmmaking. At the heart of it, filmmaking is a collection of people trying to tell a story. And thus, as an extension of that, the culture becomes really, really collaborative. Um, you found yourself in a group of really, really talented artists, developers, programmers, editors, storytellers, painters. And the best thing is you have you get to collaborate with them. You, you get to bounce ideas of them. You get to hear what they have to say. You get to solve problems for them. A company like DreamWorks and all other animation studios tend to foster an environment where collaboration is not only encouraged, but becomes the key to success when it comes to filmmaking. There is a lot of freedom in your approach to problem solving uh, because there are no rules in front of us. There is no recipe for how to solve a problem. Problems come up on the fly. Often problems are unforeseen. And you all you often find yourself in a group of diverse people coming to talk about a problem no one has ever talked about before. And it is the group's responsibility to come up with a solution. This naturally breeds a culture of trust, respect, mutual respect. And you, found, you find yourself relying on people's who who have strengths that you might not have you 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 realize your own strengths and overall it's it's a really it's a really good place to be in it there are moments when it can get stressful of course because like i said you are constantly racing against the clock but after one gets a certain amount of experience you realize how, you 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 understand how to manage that stress you understand how to communicate um about challenges you understand how to ask for the things that you need. So yeah, uh, some takeaways that I've had from my personal role at the company is that for someone to be in my position as a technical director, you have to really, really empathize with people because I feel that that is one of the biggest skills that a technical director can have. 
you should have the ability to put yourself in somebody else's feet look at a problem from their point of view uh before jumping to providing a solutions a, a solution as programmers as developers we often have the tendency to spit solutions out but what i found is more successful is empathizing with another person and really understanding the core of their problem because ultimately everyone is there to do their best work and it is our jobs to enable that yeah so the culture is pretty again collaborative it's pretty creative you you get freedom to solve any problems that you want in any way that you want and you're around a really really good set of ta- very talented people so you mentioned that a lot of your work is about problem solving and dealing with challenges but as laymen only a few of us understand the technicalities of making a successful animation so given that you've been in the industry for quite a while could you walk us through the various steps that are involved in bringing together an animation oh yeah of course well i think so uh, a, a film an animated film takes about 2 to 3 years from the moment it is conceived to the moment it hits the the uh, the big screen it starts with story it starts with ideas it starts with a group of people roughly creating the entire film in the form of storyboards so that somebody can start editing it and this all happens before you even have any actual work happening you have you have a set of you have the directors you have editors and you have storyboard artists who are constantly creating frames to create a general sense of what a film should look like once uh, the production feels that they have a decent amount of confidence in the film's ability to be made um is when actual film production begins you have workflows that are responsible for creating models that you see on screen now a model by itself is a pretty ugly thing a cube or a sphere um doesn't look too good on screen until somebody has painted some textures on it so that is the next step once models are made there are artists uh, who will be creating textures for you things like grass things like fur things like hair um a lot of this is generated simulated uh characters are created characters are rigged which is a fancy way of saying that we give them skeletons we give them bones that can be used to move them around it is at this point that we do a lot of character tests you spoke about a bunch of dreamworks animated films one thing you will notice is that a lot of our animated films the characters animate a certain way their facial expressions look a certain way especially between sequels we have to make sure that kung fu panda when we talk about kung fu panda has had three films when we talk about a character like po we want to make sure the panda looks the same between the three films so we do a lot of character tests we do animations we do small cyclical animations like maybe the panda laughing maybe rolling on the floor stuff like that we show it to the creative directors who make sure that this matches the aesthetic that they want the film to have the next step is full blown set dressing which is the creation of sets uh if you look at a lot of animated films uh, especially if, if we take dreamworks films as an example things like shrek uh you will find that there are huge sets like the castles the dragon lair uh the shrek swamp these are all sets that are made up of smaller pieces so there's a group of talented people who will go and create these sets then comes animation and camera 
So this is the part which is the most akin to standard live action filmmaking, which is a director on being on a set, putting a few characters and having a camera rec recorded. Uh, that is basically what happens in animation as well. Somebody puts characters there, somebody animates them and somebody animates the camera looking at them. Now to this point, everything looks pretty, pretty ugly, I will say, because we are missing one of the most important aspects of filmmaking, which is lights. Uh, nothing looks good without good lighting. So this is where the lights happen. The next workflow or one of the final workflows would be lighting, which is responsible for placing lights all over the world, which includes the sun in the sky, which includes a lamp next to the bed. There's a lot of cheating that happens. A lot of these light sources do not exist. Um, they are cheated for aesthetic purposes. But anyway, at the end of this process comes out a frame, uh, which looks pretty. And this frame, and we have to render 25 frames per, per second. So there's a lot of frames that need to be made. All of this gets rendered and is created into a movie, which finally goes to the color correction uh, departments. A hidden secret of filmmaking is that there is color grading that happens on all these films, which is why all Hollywood films look a certain way, all Bollywood films look a certain way. So that is the last process of filmmaking where we do color grading. Editing happens throughout the film. Piece tips, shots are made smaller, shots are made longer, uh, dialogue is cut, new scenes are added. All of this happens, a lot of iteration happens. Once the film is finaled, all shots have been finaled. All the color grading has been done. It is put onto film. Back in the day, it was put onto film. Nowadays, it is all uh, digital. So it's all uploaded somewhere. And then it is sent all over the world for distribution and localization, which would be, which, uh, yeah, which would be uh, tra translating the movie into local languages and stuff. So yeah, the, this is animation from the beginning to the end for an animated film. Wow, that's an incredible amount of work that goes into building one frame of one single animation movie. And that really is one of the USPs of DreamWorks Studios, right? Incredibly detailed frames and very lifelike characters, very lifelike expressions. So now talking about the Indian industry, it's been booming in the last few years. We see IPs like Chota Bheem emerging as popular preschool animation series on Netflix and Motu Patlu becoming the first animated pop culture avatars that got waxed at Madame Tussauds. But these animations seem to be restricted only to a younger audience. We have seen some stellar series like Rick and Morty, which cater to the adult audience. So what do you feel are some of the challenges that the industry is facing in entering this genre? It's a very good point. Well, uh, first of all, I think it's very encouraging to see actual Indian animation make its way to an avenue like Netflix, Amazon, Disney. I think if you look back on the history of animation in India, sorry, if you look back into the history of animation studios in India, a lot of studios were looked at places where a lot of foreign work was outsourced to. So we were not actually telling our own stories. We were we were working on stories that were for a different market, for a different audience. Nothing wrong with that tech again like technology is outsourced across the world filmmaking is outsourced across the world but i'm very encouraged by the fact that in the last 10 20 years we've seen indian stories make its way on the uh, on these avenues speak uh, now what would it what sh should we do to go beyond 
the younger audience market i do feel that the market for adult animation needs to open up one of the biggest challenges in traditional filmmaking that had to go into theaters was that you have to go through a censor board which dictates the sensibilities that the indian audience is allowed to partake in i feel that the advent of avenues like netflix amazon disney have allowed us to create content that would not pass your usual censor board or that would not pass for a usual theatrical release i keep hearing rumblings about possibilities of adding a step of censoring in that in these new avenues as well which i i would heavily discourage because i feel that these new markets open up a lot of uh, demand for adult animation one thing that i feel indian studios need to do is we need to take more pride in developing for indian stories rick and we have examples of rick and morty but what we do not need is a remake of rick and morty in india we do not need remakes of foreign stories in india what we need is stories created for india and told from an indian's point of view um i feel that the time is ripe to look back into a, we have a crazy culture of comics in india we have a crazy culture of um stories coming out of books like tinkle champak we have we have a wealth of context and content in indian history i feel that indian studios need to take those stories and give them a modern touch to make it more appealing to the youth of today and instead of perhaps uh translating foreign ideas into the local market as an audience as as people going out to watch films i think that people need to understand that animation is no longer something their kids watch on television uh we all grew watching cartoon network and our parents think everything that is animated is essentially for kids i think with our generation with 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 my generation people have now realized that animation is just another form of storytelling it does not need to pander to a younger audience yes it looks uh, a certain way it's more colorful than what you might be used to but i feel that the audience has to realize that if it gives indian storytellers the opportunity to tell stories in this new medium they will themselves be rewarded by extremely beautiful ways of storytelling that animation can provide visual effects and live action filmmaking is a pretty it's a pretty expressive way of telling stories but i do feel that animation lets you take your stories to places that those mediums cannot with all that said i think i think it is great that we have finally embraced uh, some of our traditional stories even though they've come out of um, religious textbooks or are based on on our indian mythology um, i would love to see more original storytelling come out of india for 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 the future generations i guess yeah i think it would be very interesting to see childhood favorites like tinkle and champak be revamped and and even some of our newer original stories and i really hope that it materializes sometime in the future so moving on to the next question with the advent of the metaverse there is a lot of scope when it comes to animators so can you shed some light on some of the opportunities that the animation industry has when it comes to metaverse and web3 one has to realize that animation and visual effects in general touch everything that you see on screen the term that we use for it is digital storytelling 
and the mediums are many films video games website interactive experiences vr roller coasters snapchat everything snapchat filters everything is digital storytelling the metaverse promises to be another medium for interactive storytelling and as it is with every other medium you will need a really talented group of artists developers storytellers thinkers uh, to pull it off with the with the popularity of the metaverse through companies like meta form form formerly facebook who are willing to invest a lot in creating a whole new world which is in a way comprised of 100% digital content this something like this will create a lot of opportunity for talented people to solve the same problems that we've been solving in filmmaking similarly uh, web 3.0 promises to gamify a lot of this with gamification comes interactive experiences with that comes the need for technical and creative people to solve these problems the net effect of these new opportunities is very positive on the industry i'm already seeing companies like meta uh, like unity like um, unreal um, already ramp up hiring for a lot of opportunities that did not that simply did not exist before it had it has found a really good overlap with the traditional animation industry that i am a part of animation filmmaking industry that i am a part of i'm already seeing a lot of colleagues being very excited and interested about these new opportunities and i feel that there's a lot of scope for new comers into this industry to discover this new niche of metaverse and gamification so yeah um, i think i think it's a really good time to be in this space and yeah there's a lot of really good talent coming into uh, this industry right now definitely we all would love to see an inter- uh, intersection between traditional and between the traditional animation industry and the metaverse and web3 and there's also incredible scope for the future in this industry so what advice would you want to give to students who are currently in college and who aspire to enter this animation space do you have any tips resources or strategies yeah i think i think the number one thing that people need to come into this industry is conviction because i feel that like i spoke about the challenges of this industry it can be it can be really hard to get your foot through the doors of animation visual effects and etc it especially uh, if i'm talking to students from pilani doing engineering doing computer sciences it can be really hard to focus on something that is such a niche compared to maybe web development maybe being a consultant because you will find a lot of people around you doing that so i think the first thing that any person who wants to join this needs is conviction in their desire to be in the space because the steps to get into this industry require you to get a very specific set of skills it will require you to spend a lot of time learning things that you will not be taught in your classes it requires a lot of self learning self discovery a lot of pirated software unfortunately as student don't quote me on that but 
all all of this to say that you have to you will be you will find yourself spending time doing something that perhaps not a lot of people around you will understand or appreciate or can help you with with that said the internet is an amazing place to learn everything there is to learn about this everything i learned about animation i learned it through the internet i didn't have to pay a single cent to any course anywhere i had to all i had to do was google any questions i had find helpful resources on youtube there is a whole set of resources available for free i will encourage anyone who wants to get into this scene to start early i was very late uh, when i began actually properly walking this path i was in my third year after oasis but if you really think this is your this is what you want to do i would encourage starting doing it starting to do it in your first year or whenever you discover it uh, whenever you discover that this is what you want to do the other thing that i will recommend is that there will be a lot of moments where you'll have self doubt about your abilities because you will be put against a lot of people with a lot of talent a lot of specific talent but just keep on believing in your ability in your abilities your experience coming from pilani i am sure the kind of studies that we do the kind of experiences we have we are used to being put we are used to being in stressful situations handling a lot of pressure juggling a lot of priorities these are skills that are extremely valuable in this industry so just believe in those skills manifest those skills in whatever you do and communicate to people that you have those skills communication is one of the most important aspects of getting into this industry because it's a very small industry there are literally five or six places in the world where you can work in this industry everyone knows each other so creating good connections being able to communicate with a variety of people we interface with in this industry because you will be talk as a part of this industry some days you will be talking to an artist the other day you will be talking to a director the other day you will be talking to an editor being able to communicate learning how to communicate is and make growing those skills is very important one last thing that i want to really recommend which i think is a tip is that this industry is very visual in nature so if anyone is aspiring to get into this industry i will recommend them to create really good visual representations of themselves and their skills what do i mean by this is i i would want you to create a resume that stands out perhaps that perhaps demonstrates an eye for aesthetically pleasing things now you don't have to go all fancy about it but i just mean that your resume is the way you present yourself should make the other person feel that you know that you are trying to enter a creative space i will recommend everyone creating a portfolio uh, by which i mean a website where they can demonstrate and showcase their work do record everything that you do put it on youtube make it accessible through your portfolio websites all of this will take time all of this will take effort but it's worth it in the end this is how i got my break and i think it's very important to do this come up with your own personal projects create your own stories create your own animations no matter how amateurish they look no matter how simple they are just being able to document these and 
being able to share this with someone in a very simple way, like having just a website where people can see this, maybe a YouTube channel where people can see this. It demonstrates a lot of conviction uh, in your in yourself. It demonstrates that you really want this for yourself. And I think that is something that will really, really make it easy for you to get into this space. So yeah, it will take a lot of work. It will take a lot of extra work, but but I think things like these will really help for people who want, who are more fascinated by the technical side of this space. Please do maintain a public GitHub. Please maintain proper repositories with your work. Please have readmes that you can read that, that actually explain what your projects do. Please contribute to open source software outside in the world. Even if you are able to get a single commit in that entire uh, experience will demonstrate a lot of conviction in you and it will really be reciprocated by companies who might want to hire you. So I think these are some things that everyone who wants to be in this space should start doing as soon as possible. So from what you said, getting into this space seems a lot like going against the tide. But I'm sure if you pull through, the results can be incredibly rewarding. I feel that animation and related workflows can be a very interesting field to work in. And this session has given us a whole new perspective about this world. That being said, we have come to the end of our podcast. We thank you so much, sir, for this wonderful conversation. It's been an honor to have you with us. Thank you so much. Uh, it's, it's great to talk to you, all of you about this. I'm glad all of you are back on campus. And I wish you all the best for the next four years or in Pilani, because uh, this is the most amount of free time you will ever get in your life, um, in my experience so far. So yeah, make the most of it. Thank you so much, sir. And I'd also like to thank all the listeners who stayed till the very end. We have many more exciting episodes lined up for you all. So stay tuned.